Welcome to the 30 Pause Podcast. I'm your host, Heather Clark. On this podcast, myself and a few guests along the way are here to help you navigate what it's really like riding the roller coaster of emotions through that third decade of life. We're here to laugh at ourselves, live our truth, to inform, be fabulous, darlings. So thank you for joining and hop on the roller coaster of emotions and be sure to hold on to your nipples because we're about to enter 30 Pause. <laughs> joining me on the season finale of the 30 pause podcast season two i'm so excited to welcome the winter solstice with this magical capricorn filled uh episode with uh michelle trey and may my good friend and one of my favorite dance partners trace battles joins me as we discuss michelle obama's book the light we carry um, and we also just discuss a whole bunch of things that's all relatable and 30 possible. So please enjoy. And thank you so much for listening. And Absolutely. if you could just introduce yourself and how maybe we know each other or what have you. Yes. Yes. Okay. So um, I am Teresa Battles. And um, of course, I know you through the art of dance form. And we met in class. I feel like maybe 10 years ago. Close to. Yeah. Yeah. Somewhere in t- within 10 years ago. And we were over off of Cyprus mm. in Tampa mm-hmm. at that dance studio because that I don't warehouse. think you, yes, because I don't think <laughs> you were a part of the gang when we would be over. Um, no, no, no. I take that back. It wasn't Cyprus. Cyprus was the first spot we used to be with at DeMario. This where I met you was actually. Ebor, the Ebor location. Oh, okay. Event okay. Show, yeah. It? Event showcase, whatever it was called. Yeah. At the time. So, and I remember we were dancing, we were taking Dreamer class, and we were both a bit lost on the eight, honey. And you said, <laughs> honey, did you catch that? And I said, honey, girl, no. <laughs> I was like, I am lost. Dead yeah. ass, I'm lost. <laughs> yes. And so we kikied and carried yeah. on. And then Dreamer did a select group, which included both of us. Mm-hmm. for like something she wanted to film this is when everybody was just starting to film their choreography putting and it, it on me- youtube yes yeah. and yeah. me it was me you jackie riley yeah. and dreama and and the other jackie that's a nurse now yes yes yeah and that was the first time we were kind of like all together just us doing dreama's choreography for her to film and post and sets for something something she was doing and we right. were just twirling and Honey, we'll be there. <laughs> she said, we're trolling at the warehouse. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Meet me at nine. I'm like, right. okay, yeah, then we and got that was it. exactly how it went. And we came full costume, full beat faces, <laughs> right. leggings that were ripped and torn, shirts that we, were like this. <laughs> we have requirements. Yes. <laughs> and me being the only white girl in the group, and I'm like, anybody got a hairspray? And, <laughs> like, oh. and we were like, we got I jail. Like, I was like, shit, I forgot my fucking hairspray. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that's how I met you. And then from there, 
I was gigging and I started bringing you along and, yeah. Yeah, and then you, and, and being in theater, you started to ask me to do some speaking engagements for your students. And we just yeah. been girlfriends ever since. And so, we just been girlfriends ever since. And yeah, I just always, that. I just always felt like you were the, the white girl, the one white girl that was the ally. And I was like, she's <laughs> all right with me. She, she's all right with me. <laughs> She's cool with me. <laughs> I love that. No, we were just, we really, we really got it. And we vibed at the beginning and yeah. even up into our hilarious and memorable <laughs> yes. um, gig uh, events. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> well, you posted on um, your status about reading Michelle's The Light We Carry. And I was like, I am actually in the in the midst of downloading it. And so I wanted to immediately just talk to you about the book because I loved it so much in it. But we both, you know, felt like it really humanized Michelle in a different light. And it really kind of gave us insight on how to um, dominate our fears mm -hmm. and go for our dreams. I mean, mm -hmm. as cliche, does that sound? You know what I mean? That's really a lot of like, what she's talking about versus her first book was more of like a memoir, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so I just wanted to get right into it with you. And, and I know you had notes and things that we, I do. Wait, I do. we wanted so, to go through. Yeah. So for me, just like an abbreviated version of the overview, I, it was definitely like a guided, like a, you have the Bible, and I think we both share the same faith. Like you have the Bible mm -hmm. and it can get kind of like, oh, wait a minute, what's that? What's happening? Mm -hmm. And then you have these different books that you use as tools to apply to your everyday life. Right. Okay. Okay. And I felt like this was like a tool. And she talks about, and I felt like her and I had so much in common, like, like from the beginning, as she told her story of just her childhood and upbringing and what her insecurities were, were and like, me being a tall girl, like I didn't share some of the same insecurities, but I remember being the tallest and already knowing she shared a story how when it was time to line up, being the tallest, you knew you were going to be the last one in the line. Yeah, That's yeah. how it was for me in dance. Like mm -hmm. I knew where I was going in the back until yeah. I proved that I could be in the front and twirl and do what I needed to do. Mm -hmm. But I, I understood that. I understood um, even the story she told about code switching. I never thought a first lady yes. would even say that. I said, oh, that's mm -hmm. oh, wait a minute, hold on. I, I'm like, she gonna, we're going to talk about it. Let's talk. And yeah. she talked about the code switching and the stress of it and the exhaustion of it. Um, she shared probably one of my favorite chapters is when she talked about friendships and mm -hmm. what it has meant in her life during going through the different phases of her life. Right. And I think Heather, you and I both share that same right. thing. Absolutely. You do life with people. You cannot do this by yourself. Right. You know? right. And so I felt like that chapter and how she like is the person who plans their get togethers mm -hmm. and plans them, right. You know, coming together to the kitchen table, talking through all the different phases of her life. So Every chapter had a nugget that I took. Absolutely. So it was good. Yeah. The first part that I, um, on Audible, you know, you can like clip it. And the first part was in chapter two when she was talking about uh, decoding fear and how she really had to turn that on and be able to 
walk with her fear because the campaigning and them choosing, you know, for Brock to run for president was mm-hmm. so quick. She didn't have time to stop, you know, find a grip, get her bearings, go to the next step. And, you know, that was like her Capricorn, like mm-hmm. little like nod there because that's so true. And so not only just in the sense of like, yeah, doing steps and kind of mastering and feeling like, okay, cool, we can go to the next one would be so jarring not knowing how to to navigate that and like being in the public eye and stuff like that i just thought that's a she 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 called it a wild motorcycle ride mm-hmm. and, yeah. and we all had them we've all mm-hmm. had a wild motorcycle ride absolutely in different yeah. phases and i think a lot of a lot of you know that's why i always say like uh, like emotional roller coaster the roller coaster of emotions with 30 paws there you know we have to like keep we have to navigate our fear and our faith and i and i think what she did for me is when she said that cuz you you think you're the only person who kind of lives in doubt and fear and anxiety and how she said you know fear is really a cousin of anxiety and we all mm-hmm. have a spoonful of it and that's okay because some of it is healthy it keeps us safe but then we have to identify what which what of it is dangerous cuz she shared stories about how the generation before her like her parents they lived mm-hmm. in so much fear i can relate to that my parents did too my grandparents did too main reason being being black in america if you went too far from home that was considered dangerous so they kept you very very close in an effort for you to stay safe and to stay alive but it also kept your circle and your exposure like this small and right. so by the time I became of age, I just like jumped out there and just started doing things and experiencing things. And, and I love how she says, yeah, you're, you're living this life, you know, take the, the doubts not going anywhere. Anxiety's not going anywhere, but keep it at a teaspoon. If it gets mm-hmm. too big, that's when you that's when it becomes dangerous. And I love how she says, even with her daughters, you know, she wants them to be independent. And she taught them how to be independent very young. She shared this story about the alarm clock. And how her mom at five years old gave her this alarm clock and made it her responsibility to wake herself up and walk to school every morning. I mean, as a, you know, as a perfect person that was a mother, you would say, oh my God, that seems so scary. Mm -hmm. But I get, I get it because the thing is about it, all these little nuggets that you're getting through life, they're preparing you for something and being an independent woman that can survive on your own, right? Man, you can make it through. It's like, if you can make it in New York, you can make it anywhere. If you can make it independently paying your own bills, you're not depending on nobody. To, you can, you right. can make it period. And she talked about like, for those that want to be married and I'm married now that prepared me for marriage, knowing that look now you clown. I know how to do this. Yeah. <laughs> just be real. So mm-hmm. you're, we're together because I want to be together. Not because I need a lot of women get married because out of need. So she talked about that. I mean, I just thought she made it very palatable and relatable because I felt like at the end of the day, I was like, man, I have a lot in common with a lot of her stories. I experienced it. I experienced it. I experienced that. And just like how she explained how to like, when you have those anxieties to find a tool to quiet that voice, like what are the things she does knitting, you know, Mm -hmm. what is it that I can do? Because I know I suffer from anxiety. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And we all do. And, um, I loved how she said like her feel here, her fearful mind, um, seems like makes you feel like you're all alone. Mm -hmm. Um, 
and and it's capable of actually you plummeting to your goal and plummeting to where you actually want to be in life mm-hmm. and find you know you're going to be that person just scared sitting on the couch not doing nothing not yeah risking taking risks mm-hmm. and and leaping yeah um the doubt and the fear for mine rehearses you know mm-hmm. catastrophe in our mind she's like nerves would fail you um and faith will leave your brain and like kind of seize you and paralyze you and that is every that's what everybody fears mm-hmm. everybody has that mm-hmm. and I just I was like yeah decoding fear and understanding that that doing that you're defying more opportunities and if you have more opportunities you can keep going and the more you keep going you're like eh, I can do this mm-hmm. you know the harder we you know okay we conquered that okay we got through that we can get through this Mm-hmm. You become more faithful of your of yourself and and keep going and trudging along. Yeah. And that's what I really, really loved about that second chapter about decoding fear. Yeah. I, I think I listened to that twice. Oh, wow. So for me, Audible, you know, now that I have the physical book, like I said, it came in Amazon today. I thought it was going to come in the day before, but it's cool because, you know, you can always reference back to it. But what I, you know, audible for me, sometimes it's like, Ooh, let me hear that again. It takes me a couple times to really let it like soak in and, and see how, how much her voice is our own voice a lot of times too, with our fear, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. I just I loved it. Absolutely loved it. I go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I like when she said each leap has only made the next leap easier. So mm. we have to, where we, we rehearse with fear. We have to keep practicing with fear. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. How she talked about practicing, because sometimes practicing could be a negative word mm-hmm. because it always seems like if I'm still just practicing, I'm not actually in the game yet, but you actually are right. when you're practicing. You really mm-hmm. are like, don't get it twisted. And I like how she made it like very simple. Like these are things that through life you practice, you practice dealing with the unwanted friend fear. You practice dealing with the unwanted friend anxiety. You learn how to quiet her. You learn how to quiet doubt. You learn, these are all things that you're not going to get perfect the first couple of times you do. And I'm hard on myself, right. but I don't get right the are. first yeah. yeah. And you quit We're our own worst critics. For right. Sure. And you and quit. Like cliche, but it's so true. And you just kind of quit and you're like, I can't do it. Yeah. You know, and so I love that the first lady practices something like she doesn't have it all perfect. Right. Exactly. So I'm like, I guess that made it like, oh, I'm not doing so bad after all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not doing and her so like, well. you know, going with, you know, the speeches and the, and the, and the monitors and the things that were going out and having like, being so grounded to be able to be so grounded and just be like all right I'm gonna go with it and just having fear but also preparedness and when you're Mm -hmm. more prepared you know you can you know take a minute take a beat take three four breaths and then okay like yeah you know, and, and when the teleprompter, yeah, that was a great story. Uh, that was a great, yeah, I was went like, out. Oh my God. But because she had studied that thing front and back, she was fine. She, she was, was good. She was great. She was wonderful. Um, but you know, of her taking practice and 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 being her practicing being first lady. You know, she talked about that a lot. I really was just like, I couldn't even 
imagine. <laughs> um, no, thank you. <laughs> Another story I love. There was two other ones. Mm-hmm. The one she went to Hawaii for the first time. Yes. When she and Barack got together. It was the sweetest story. Yes. We, we've all experienced it. Mm-hmm. Meeting a guy. You have this is a kid. He's gonna do this. Oh my god, this is gonna be great. And you get there, you're like not like completely disappointed, but you you feel away because it it's go, a little off. Yeah, yeah, it didn't go the way you planned it in your head. Right. So for a lot of women, they said, "Uh, oh, this isn't for me." Deuces. Mm-hmm. But the fact that she like was smart enough to look deeper into what was actually happening, he was demonstrating what a good husband does. He was taking care of his family. Right. When they got to Hawaii, it wasn't about being all romantic with her and showering her with a rooftop, you know, (laughs) room and dinner. And I thought it was so fly that she was like, child, I was trying to sneak on up to the top of this hotel and see what we got. (laughs) And that didn't happen. And sis was looking crazy with a lip poked out. Right. She was smart enough to notice that he was taking care of his family. Like she was getting attention, but he was home and he's not home that often, which gave her practice for later in their life together. Right. Yeah. Because he wasn't going to be around that often with her. And so it gave her some practice of how even his family responded. He was helping his mom. He was helping his sister, helping his grandparents, you know, and Mm -hmm. she, she was watching what he was doing with them, how they demonstrated love and what the true meaning of love was in their family, their culture. And she was a little disappointed, but if you kept reading, what was it? 20 years later, when they came, right. back, they kept coming to Hawaii year after year after year. And she kind of was like, uh, okay, this is just a second home. It's not a big deal anymore. Seeing the palm trees are no longer a big deal. Seeing like the Waikiki, whatever, yeah. it's no longer a big deal. And then he lays it out for her with the mm-hmm. rooftop, with the dinner and the whole thing that she had imagined in her mind the first time they went. And that's oftentimes being a married woman of almost seven years, that is really how it goes. It doesn't always happen the first time out. Like sometimes the first time you're like, what? I, okay. <laughs> I didn't know this was what it was. Okay. Right. Oh, yeah. But when you look deeper and you're like, wait a minute, let me, I'm curious because he's showing me something that I wasn't expecting to see, but this might be important later. And I caught that with her. Like the fact that he was so nurturing of his family mm-hmm. was important for their family later. Really Absolutely. important. Yeah. And you know, in that that chapter of partnering well yes I I, yeah that was that chapter and and when reading that it's just like yeah you know marriage isn't always going to be 50 50 nope and it's not and it's just not like and so you know having that put into words realizing like yeah and it really shouldn't be at times because that's the flux and the ebb and flow of the union you know, it's not this perfect expectation, you know, expectations yes. like the root of all heartache and a lot of, you know, it is. Thank you, Billy. Thank you, Billy Shakes. <laughs> but <laughs> and, it's and, true. And I love the way she used the word untidy because we are all mm-hmm. so unkept, very unkempt and unkempt yes. all the time. Yeah, it's not a problem. It's totally fine. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> It's just who we are. It's fine. <laughs> Why does side jump right on in? Yes. You know. Um, her relationship with her longtime girlfriends and and how she's still open to new friends. Um, you know, should that happen in her life and make sense? And 
I love how, you know, it, it's so important for me as well to, to maintain my friendships because my friends are like my family too. Mm -hmm. And I love how she was just so (laughs) it's, it's just funny, like how kind of military, you know, she was with like, this is going to be a wellness camp. We're going to work out three, three. Did you not want to go? I wanted to go. (laughs) Well, I want to go, but I, you know, can we, we have to have a little fun too. <laughs> like we're here to, we're here, right? <laughs> you know, I'm ready for the party. I'm always ready for the fun. But um, I just loved how it was so important. And I, I really related to that. That resonated with me and how it's so important for her to continue to cultivate her friendships and yeah, be open to new ones. Not like you're out seeking a new BFF, you know, mm-hmm. but you know, those opportunities and um, the stories of who she, the girls that she had mentored and the staffers that she had worked with mm-hmm. um, really a great story about how um, one of her, assist- her assistant was afraid or very fearful and didn't tell her that her father was in prison. Yeah. And how she was fearful it was going to affect her future in the White House and as, you know, an aide and an assistant. I just, I didn't even think about that. Like, I wouldn't think that, to me, that wouldn't affect, I wouldn't think that would affect, like, the employment of this, of this girl. That's, like, her father. That's not her. Do you know? I did, only because, you know, anytime you go to the capital I mean, you got to give them your social security number <laughs> it's like right. it's so much information yeah. so much background check and when they and i would assume that when they do a background check on me they're looking up who my what my pedigree is too like mm-hmm. who i come mm-hmm. from where i come from so i i understood why she was very anxious that i have a father in prison and i'm literally working for the first lady what if they find out what and the thing about it is is the yeah. The, the court to me in that chart, I'm like, did you really not know, Michelle? Are you leaving something out there? Because I would assume that if you've got somebody working that close with you, you know the daddy blood type because you are the first lady. Because. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I just thought, I'm like, wow, that was like her fear. Like. Never would. I wouldn't think that that would. And she was just as shocked with the answer too. Like what? Mm-hmm. Like, no, that's not gonna. That's you know, thanks for telling me. But you know, being vulnerable in that way and and mm-hmm. giving them space and just for them to grow and things like that. I listened to Michelle's podcast on um, Spotify when she did like a mini series podcast, and she oh, had okay some of her mentees on. Um, and that's, those are really great episodes too. Um, but I just love her constant, like the importance of her cultivating her, her friendships and, and doing so because I'm a girl's girl. And we got, yeah, to, me too. Me you know, too. <laughs> I'm a, you know, like my, my girls are, I don't have sisters. So my, you know, my friends are my sisters. Right, right, you know? right, right. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I, I loved the story too, of the mom that came to the white house for the play date. I was okay. literally the, I, I, I was in the car. I was in the white, like I was a part of it. I was there. 
<laughs> so, okay. So when, you know, I'm listening to an audible and I'm getting ready for work or I'm in the car, you know, like I'm doing me or just what have you. It's just like, I'm out loud talking. Like when she was described, I was like, oh my God, yes. Like, <laughs> we're having just conversations, listen over the speaker. <laughs> I mean, it probably from the outside looks silly, but it's just, it's so true because her narration is just mm-hmm. so like, it takes it to another level too. So I suggest both like hard copy and narration, but mm-hmm. It's just, you know, even when she was describing what she wore to the Joe Biden's inauguration, you know, and I was like, yes, I don't you don't even have to describe what you are. I know what you are that, you know, burgundy, wide leg, mm-hmm. like maroon, like color. I, I we saw it, girl. We saw it. We saw it. <laughs> it was gorge. It's memorable. And she talked about how she just threw it together for Trump's. <laughs> with all of that yeah she was so shady with all of that yes (laughs) she was was like and i have had it (laughs) yeah she (laughs) that was uh that was a nice nasty that was that's that she was nice nasty with that I was like, we saw it. We knew. We knew we that bun was thrown in the back of your head. It looked like somebody just did like this and just stuck a pen and gone, girl. We just we gonna get through the day. We just go get through it. He'll get some sub sandwiches later. I was- <laughs> we're not even gonna have no steak dinner we just go get a sandwich or somewhere quarter so i don't know we like, selling she- jimmy john's on the way <laughs> <laughs> right right i wanted to ask you as a woman who is also very independent you have a lot of parallels like michelle too you know and educated and independent and you know you waited to uh, get married you had a well-established career you have your own tribe i just want you to talk about your journey in the and i know everybody's story is different obviously but a lot of it and when i met you was in your 30s and yeah. being that this is 30 pause, mm-hmm. you know, you go through a lot of different um, changes because you change priorities and what you want out of life and making sure that you are secure and good and happy um, with you and yourself and um, making good moves that that make sense to your life. And that's kind of like a lot of what we, what I touch on in different, Mm -hmm. you know, ways and subjects Mm -hmm. through the podcast. So what was, you know, like kind of like a pivotal, um, moment in your life in your thirties in particular, where you were just like, I really need to like, maybe give myself a deep change or there's, there needs to be something that needs to turn around so I can really get what I want and go for it. Okay. Yeah. That's a good question. So to answer the first part of that question, the march in my 30s and even my late 20s was like, whatever I do, it has to be smart. Because, okay. and the reason I say that is because I was an observer of folks in a lot of ways that I, I was ad, ad, admired and I was in awe of. And then there was folks I observed and said, I don't want to be that. Mm-hmm. So whatever I need to do to not end up where she is, 
are to not end up making that decision. Right. And, and it's not a judgment. It's just, I'm looking and saying, that's not for me. Right. I'm for judging myself. Like I yeah, can't, you're choosing that. Yeah. You're I'm choosing, choosing to. Yeah, I'm right. not doing that. So whatever my next decision is, it has mm-hmm. to be smart and it has to be well thought out and it has to be real well planned. It has to be manicured and it has to be structured. And that became a gift and a curse because I practiced that. Mm-hmm. And it but it while it was a gift to me to do that, it also created a little bit of anxiety because if a plan did not go as I thought it should, this anxiety and doubt will build up, which leads me to the second part of your question. Mm-hmm early thirties, 32, 33, 34. Cause I, I had always wanted to be married with and have children. That was something that wasn't a new thing for me. It was something I grew up wanting. It was, okay. I, I, I saw positive images of it in my family and that's what I wanted. It's what I knew. And I even like, when I thought at one point in my thirties that it wouldn't happen because I hadn't met anybody yet. Everything was like a flop. Everything was like, up, 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 you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I asked myself, is this something I want or is this something I think I'm required to do? Or is this something I think I'm mm. supposed to do? Because I was queen of doing what I was supposed to do in a lot of ways, too. I was like, just look like, all right, this I got to get in this line. OK, got to do that. Got to do mm-hmm. that. And I settled with, no, it's actually what I want. You know what I mean? And so because of at I want to say maybe 33 ish, some, something like that, mm. I the pivotal moment for me, I remember, cause you know, dancing, I wanted to move to LA. I, I felt like I missed my shot. And I was like, well, maybe, you know, I can go to LA. I haven't met anybody in Tampa. I'm just going to go to LA and I'm going to audition. And maybe I'll work for Google up in North California and drive the six or eight hours on the weekends and audition and do commercials and dance. And I've not met anybody. And I remember, I remember it was 2014. I had said in my head, Mm-hmm. All right, the next National Association of Black Accountants conference in Vegas. I'm interviewing for Google. I already know a guy there, and I'm gonna get the job and I'm moving to California. Boom. Okay. And we get to the end of 2014, and I meet my husband, not realizing that I met him. Now, going into 2015, I had this pivotal moment of, you know what? I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know how to pick the right guy for myself. God, I surrender this to you. Do what you wish. I don't care anymore. Like, I was just like, whatever. Because I'm going to California. (laughs) That's what it was. Bye. She's leaving. She's She's leaving. She's going to be booked. Yeah. And it wasn't two weeks into January. Cornell and I ended up linking up. He asked me out a couple of times and two weeks into dating him, he was like, look, I'm not seeing anybody else. What you doing? It was very much so like the Barack and Michelle story, just very direct. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like I, I like you. And I yeah. know you like it was very direct and to the point. And then, then our life together started from there, but that was the pivotal, probably the biggest pivot in my thirties that happened in my early mid thirties, where I had to kind of get out of my own way in a sense. Yeah to get the thing that I wanted. And at the time I didn't realize I was getting out of my own way. But when I kind of threw my hands up and say like, I don't, I'm not doing this well, God, you got to do it. I'm, I'm going to California. Let me know what, what you figure out. <laughs> See, yeah. on the West coast. <laughs> <laughs> See on the West coast. When which that never is, happened. Yeah. Which is, you know, circling back to how that kind of, re- um, Michelle talked about how self-sabotage and how we, you know, are, 
So once we allow the judgment of others inside of us, it becomes distraction and it's the hallmark of self-conscious. Mm-hmm. And she says a shift of thinking from about yourself to what others are thinking about you, you become self-sabotage and that takes like energy. So mm-hmm. doing the same things yeah, and getting the same results or just being like, finally just being like, all right, cool. I give up. Like, I really, I'm not putting that energy towards it, mm-hmm. which you didn't, you completely surrendered. And then ta-da mm-hmm. <laughs> right there, you know, all mm-hmm. along it was, it was right there for you. And yeah, absolutely. You, that is definitely, you know, you have pivotal moments. I feel like in your thirties, you're like, am I going to continue with my own shit mm-hmm. or am I just going to, I'm going to go and, and some dig up some, some new dirt somewhere mm-hmm. else because that's yeah. where that, those, those things are going to be growing. And I'm just going to mm-hmm. put all of my energy and focus on that. Mm-hmm. That's where I'm at. In the book, Michelle talks about a lot of um, differentness and how her differentness, how she had to navigate through that and what that was like for her. And she only she not only gave her own antidote, but she also talked about her, um, friend, dear friend of hers who grew up in a predominantly white neighborhood. And so what is your take on the differences and how that related to you? I think, I think for us in this thing, cause you know, I'm a bit of a hybrid. I work in corporate America where differentness can be exhausting, but mm-hmm. in the arts, you make it a character, you make it a part of the show. Right. Right. So that for me, it there's, I mean, her, her, her career was very straight laced. She was an attorney and right. then a lady. So it was very hard to be different, to be this tall brown skinned woman in mm-hmm. these spaces where you typically didn't see them. So that's awkward. That's uncomfortable. Nobody's coming to be your friend. You're just kind of there by yourself. You've got to figure it out. Whereas like for me being a tall brown girl, I have to do that code switching in corporate, but in the arts, it works in my favor to be tall with big hair and brown skin. Like it becomes a part of the character right. and it becomes fun. And it's seen as beauty and funky and fly to my cohorts in that space. Not so much in the corporate space. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Um, I've talked to a lot of my uh, black and brown girlfriends who have talked about code switching and just how that is exhausting. I think maybe a lot of um, women who work in, a, you know, probably a male predominant, you know, workplace or vice versa. I mm-hmm. think when you don't have that balance, you know, when you don't have, you know, you know, diverse uh, people in the workspace, like that's, what happens that code switching it's exhausting and then it weighs on your mental health it does and it's it, and it does. can become very dangerous it, it, and it, this it. is and michelle touches a lot on on mm-hmm. mental health in this book and how how valid everybody's you know feelings and experiences are but you know us choosing the responsibility to to do it and carry on mm-hmm. with the fear and the doubt I love yeah. it. It's just so good. It's just in so, so the balance that you have to create. And, and I love how she says just, 
you just tweak a little bit here. You just tweak a little, like, it's not this big thing that you're doing. You're just right. practicing new tools. You're implementing new things as you learn them. It's kind of like you eat the meat, leave the bones. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. not everything somebody says to you is for you, but there's parts and you take a little bit and you move and you practice and you right. move on. You practice a little more and you'll find yourself getting better. And she talked about even with the knitting, how she found herself getting better and better and better at it. Until mm -hmm. the point that she actually created something. Yes. And as a creative ourselves, right, Heather, we yeah. enjoy that process. Yes. Like, you know, starting from scratch, like, I don't know where that's yeah. going to go, but let's play yeah. the song and see what You're happens. Like you're starting from things. scratch, you're like, I'm the shit. And they're like, I'm not shit. And they're like, God, this is shit. And then you're like, oh, shit, the shit's turning around. And you're like, man, yes. this is the shit. Like, yes. That's the creative process. Yes, it is. And we you enjoy I mean? it. Like, Fuck yeah. yeah, I did it. Like, you know, and that's. That's so funny because that's what it is. Mm -hmm. uh, we need to keep practice in life because life is is really good for us to practice and we're meant to be here. Told this story. She told this story secondhand about Stacey Abrams yeah. being the valedictorian. Yeah. And I was on the mm -hmm. bus with Stacey. I got off with her. I experienced what she experienced with the guard who denied her entry and her parents having to step in. And that has never happened to me per se, but as a minority, as a black woman, I've seen it happen to others. I've been a part of in spaces where I've seen it happen. I've heard about it happen. And you look at what happened to this girl who was very young and what she did despite that. Because when she said, you know, all I remember about that day mm. was what this nasty thing this guard did. I don't remember meeting the Georgia governor. I don't remember celebrating with my other valedictorians. He overshadowed all of that. And how many times, in whether race was a part of it or not, that that has happened. Somebody said something to you and it just ruined the, the whole thing, experience. The whole experience. The whole thing, right. Yeah. Absolutely. It just took the breath out of the entire thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, and even Michelle was saying how like a teacher told her she would never, never go to Princeton. She's yeah. not Princeton material. material. And I'm like, people have audacity. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of it. <laughs> right. Like that's what we telling people what you never going to do. And you just met me like for real. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, you know, the fact that they were able to continue and do what most women have never done despite some mm -hmm. of that, some of that negativity that was thrown in their way very young when you did not even know who you were yourself. Right. I mean, imagine being 13, mm -hmm. 14 and 15 and you're not sure of yourself. You didn't get sure of yourself. You still ain't sure of who you are. Right. No. Right. So, and then somebody saying something like that to you and, but you still achieve these things. Despite. Yeah. I thought those two stories were incredible because I was there with them. Absolutely. What I, I didn't read her first book, but I would imagine she was more real in this book, meaning that mm -hmm. she said some things you would not expect a first lady to say. Like when mm -hmm. she sort of like was saying like, it was never 50-50. That was like sister girlfriend from around the way. That was that was Chi-Town Michelle. Mm -hmm. When she was like, it was never 50-50 over here. What y'all talking about? Like right. that I went when me and Barack and how she said across from him, first meeting him, who was this little scrawny little man trying to see what, what? <laughs> how we, and how, and we have all done that to a yeah. guy. Like, yeah. What is he trying to do with me, girl? Good night. And what, like, ain't nobody finna be. 
<laughs> only to be his whole wife a couple mm-hmm. years later. Like we've all as women had those experience counting. Oh, for sure. Almost, I don't, I'm not saying she counted him out, but kind of like scrutinized the city. Like what? Okay. I don't yeah. know. She was kind of a bit like apprehensive about. Right. She wasn't like, yeah, she goes, yes, Barack is charming, but I wasn't really like ooey gooey. Yeah. You know, yeah. like she, she was like, just, she, she was like testing the water. She dipped her toe in yeah first yeah yeah she was real um slow with it she was and I and I was like man we have so, no, I don't understand why we're not friends because we're just so similar <laughs> I don't get it <laughs> like because I, I've had so many experiences yeah. like that where you don't want to like strike through somebody and not that you want to you're curious enough to stick around but you're kind of looking at them with the raised eyebrow like child mm-hmm do something to impress me juggle three bananas like what's happening what are you doing <laughs> like do something to impress me and it seemed like the whole time while he was very impressive she was again I go back to the word smart smart enough to recognize the things that were actually important in that thing she wanted which was mm-hmm. a family and a husband and that's what a lot of women forget like you're looking at this other expectation that when you get to marriage none of that crap you were looking for matters anymore Right. right. And she was smart enough in a, at a very young age to sort of differentiate the two and look for the things that actually do matter. Another thing I thought was cute. I love that they called her grandfather um, Southfield. Southside. Southside. I, I thought that was like so. Yeah. Fly. So I, fly. he um, she talks about him and like where she grew up in Chicago and stuff like that a lot more kind of in depth and, and her dynamic with her brother, her mother and things like that. A lot more in depth than um, I'm becoming, but or becoming, I think it's just called. But anyways, it's that that she definitely refers back to. And I like how, you know, she spoke on her mother's behalf because her mom really has no desire to be speaking publicly or have that sort of limelight um, because she had a a handful of experiences and was like, "Mm -mm, I'm not doing that, you know. Yeah. Um, that's not for me and I don't need to anyways, but the fact that her mom stayed there all eight years to do that, um, and to help her was, you know, just what, you know, any mom would want to desire and do for their daughter. And I like how she just spoke on behalf of her mom of like saying, you know, I'm not raising kids. I'm raising adults. Yeah. And I that, thought that was powerful. That was but super powerful because, you know, especially it's known for our generation to, you know, it, the stereotypes of like, oh, you baby your kids too much or they need to do it mm-hmm. on their own or they got to, you know, you know, form some like you are raising citizens of this planet that need to function and be, you know, <laughs> self-efficient. Yeah. You are yeah. raising adults like this is life you know like they don't they're not going to need you all the time they're not going to want to be around you all the time I loved how she talked about you know watching her girls go from you know college to now sharing an apartment in LA and how they had coasters and you know they made us you know martinis before they went to dinner and um you know how they're just developing their own life Mm-hmm. um and figuring you know, she's out allowing them to do it i i love how i love i love that it. part that part because our, our parents because of, for our parents generation they did live in so much oh you going where huh right. that's too far you know what i mean there is a lot of that 
Whereas although she was raised under that regime, she understands now as a parent, I've got to let these girls get catch some wings and fly. They've got to make the right. mistakes. They got to fall. They've mm-hmm. got to, they got to scrape their knee yeah. because this is life kids. Like I yes. don't want, I don't want the kid living in my basement. Like I don't want that child. Like, and I don't either. Mm-hmm. Like so many people like think that that's like, oh, that's no, it's fine to have the weirdo son. Like she was talking to talking, being interviewed today. And this um, one woman, she was saying she has a son and that, you know, women are, can be attached to their sons. Mm-hmm. I don't want him to ever leave me. It's like, no, you want him to leave. You want him to go and be an adult and like spread his wings, fly his, find his legs. Yeah. Discover and be curious and have experiences and mm-hmm. all of these things. You want that. Absolutely. And that's not a bad thing. That's they gotta, not a bad thing. Yeah. If they got to come home for a little bit, fine, but let them help them. Let's, let's get back out there. Let's get back. Yeah. I'm not going to always be here to catch you. So right. back out. Let's try it again. <laughs> try like, it again. And, you know, that her parents always told her, like, well, you can always come home because we're always going to like you here. Like, yeah. You're not going to be liked by everybody. Yes. Now mm-hmm. everybody's going to like you, you know, and, and try not to get so, you know, down about that. Yep. Um, and that's, you know, those are just, that's growing pains. That's just discovering that's kids just, you know, being just for a teacher, as long as I was, and, you know, just being around all sorts of ages and especially that, you know, developmental age of like 11 to, you know, 17. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, there's just so much that you're, they're going to be so disappointed and life is dramatic and it is high stakes because it's all they know. Mm-hmm. So of course, you know, to us, it's not a big deal and it's kind of like we can laugh and at the same time, but you know, you got to like listen to them too. And I just, mm-hmm. you know, when she talked about how she told her, her girls, she was so fed up. She told them, I quit, I quit being a mom. That was, I quit being be your mom. I'm not yeah, doing this. I'm doing lying. this. I'm not doing this no more. I quit. Yeah, and then you know one of them just was like, "All right," went up to her. What did it Like, oh, you do? Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna go over here. Yeah, <laughs> and, you know, and the other was like, "No, you can't quit." Yeah. Um, but yeah, I love how she, you know, she definitely got a lot more intimate about, you know, her parenting and her her marriage and you know the life that you know she has chosen to live mm-hmm. like, this was all really her choice him mm-hmm. running, running for presidency and um it was just the queen and, and i like that she didn't like and this is what i try to do and i don't know if i do as good a job as her i probably don't but i like the way she walked through this book and said these were my decisions like you said these were her choices and mm-hmm. here's the tools i learned because these are things that I wanted for myself. These are things I wanted for my life. And she, and if you've listened to some of her interviews post writing this book, she says, look, if you don't want marriage, that's fine. But here are the tools. Here is the bucket of tools if you do want it, because that's a different life. I listened to an interview with her today and she talked about like, you know, how this generation, they're scared of commitment. They don't want to practice commitment. And if you're right. a person who wants to be in partnership in that marriage way, you have to practice monogamy and commitment otherwise you're gonna flop in the in the game right right and that is so I was like she's so right about that because for those who want it this is not for folks who are kicking it and they just doing their thing turn up <laughs> ah, ah, you know what I'm saying I get it live bitch live, live. we all but, go through it yeah 
But for those who have said to themselves, oh, I want this committed relationship, marriage, whatever, mm-hmm. you need to practice it. Because if you struggle with monogamy or if you struggle with being truthful and honest and vulnerable, you're going to struggle in that covenant for big time. For, like, forever. Forever. And forever. it's be terrible. And because there's going to be so many things you're going to be faced with that's going to mm-hmm. make you want to give up. It's almost right. like something, no, right. just give on up. I bet and you also, and also, you know, she's choosing and she reiterates too, like choosing the life that like, this is the life you wanted. So once you get what you ask for, step up to the plate, you know, yeah. and, and, and that, cause that's what you asked for. So it's like, yeah. it's your, it's your accountable and responsible for the life you want to lead. You know, and we all have setbacks. We all have fear. We all have anxiety, but you know, it's so true. And those are values and things that I didn't really like quite understand until I was like a young adult. I was like 21, 22, 23, 24, you know, then, you know, figuring out like, oh yeah, well, this is my fucking life. Like, okay, well, I got to figure it out, you know, like, and you just do. Um, I love that. But she's, she's really, she's not sugarcoating that part. And I love how she's talking about how friendship being a tool because mm-hmm. it really is. It really is. And people, I know COVID was rough for a lot of people, mm-hmm. especially for those who got hit really, really, it was became right. like probably the most challenging, the ones that took the hard hits during 2020. Mm-hmm. But even those folks who have always isolated themselves because they refuse to trust anybody, they had one bad relationship and they're like, oh no, I don't, I don't really do chicks. I don't really do, I, I, don't, right. do this. I don't do that. Yeah. I wonder in my head, I'm curious, how are y'all doing life? Because friendship is really a tool. Like, because, mm-hmm. and your one friend, because some people like there's some women and men that I know they have like one or two friends. I'm like, you depend on them jokers for everything. You burning them out. They are yes. scratching their cheeks. And their and their ears are burnt too. <laughs> yeah. You know? Like taking on, you know, friendship requires like conversation and work and venting, but also it's just like you ain't got nobody else to talk to this about. Like right. we've all been in those situations. You're like, you sure yeah. you ain't got no <laughs> Woo, because it's a lie. I'm trying yeah. to do me too. Yeah. My yeah. ears are burning. Yeah. We're talking yeah. about this again. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I don't see, I'm like, how are y'all doing this with one or two people? One or two or, people, right. Or just a relative, a couple of cousins that are having to alternate who talks mm-hmm. to you about this issue you're yeah. going through or, you know, the issue you're having with your kid or divorce or a, do, a new guy that you're dating or a new woman for that matter that you're, whatever your partnerships are, are just a job or a situation with your parent. And like, you just got these two people that you're burdening all of, like, no, that's not fair to them. Like you've got to mm-hmm. have a diversified portfolio if you and I say that in the best of ways yeah friends like some that you hang with and we just kick it and we turn up we have a good time there's some people that I I know that they are intelligent and they're smart and I admire their decision making abilities I'm gonna sit down and have these smart conversations with them and then there's a group over here that you know I'm gonna do some intellectuals you gotta diversify yeah because you're trying to keep for what and I love how she says Barack is not everything to me like I hear so many women acting like they husbands are they everything I'm like girl yes we're in cocaine right <laughs> you no there's no way right right that is, that's the biggest best way to get a divorce is making your husband your everything and he has to be yes it's, to you're you. smothering people you know like why don't you know that's a huge it's like not just like a red flag it's just like that should be 
something that we need to learn early on and be able to like cultivate friendships and navigate friendships and yeah there are friendships that friendship breakups can be are just as hard as real breakups too Mm -hmm. and it's true you know like understanding like okay well it's not like you know you can grow apart with a friend you know and know that they you're they're good for just like a social event or a hangout or whatever like a little kiki here and there but they're not someone you maybe you can depend on or someone that you're yeah. able to be fully vulnerable part this because of you know whatever experience you may have with them that's fine like compartmentalizing that and knowing that and what friend is good for what and, and there's nothing and wrong not, with that and there's not yeah there's nothing wrong with it you're not ranking someone you're not doing anything that's how you navigate friendships and inter you know interpersonal relationships and relationships mm-hmm. with family and your chosen family mm-hmm. that's yeah. just what it is people get really upset if heather can is not there for me she's just not there for me well she may yeah. not be the friend that is designated for that right heather may be the friend that on friday nights we do happy hour and we have a key and mm-hmm. we go work out and then i'll see heather next friday night the friend that's going to be rock, rocking with when when all of it falls down might be Sarah. And that right. has to be okay. Right. Because like, everybody's not like, number one, not eligible or equipped for some folks and they problems. You ain't finna throw me in there. No. Ministry. <laughs> that is not my ministry for some folks. Nope. <laughs> I'll be there for the kiki. <laughs> Shoot. Child, you be, be the wolf. You be, people try to wear you out. No, ma'am. We they really do. They really do. Those are energy vampires. <laughs> and you have to understand and know how to navigate energy vampires. Yeah. You just it's, do. We yeah, work they, with them. We're surrounded by them. And also cherish your alone time, too. Be okay being alone. Enjoy being alone. Mm-hmm. You're not enjoying being alone. Like... You don't have to do it all the time, but there are moments. When, don't you just want quiet? Mm-hmm. Kind of regroup with your own thoughts and no yeah. outside noise. Like that's imperative. I, you know? And I think, yeah. And I think people just, and I think she defines friendship very well in yeah. this book. How she, and I know everybody has a different definition and that's okay too. You need to understand what that is mm-hmm. as you're moving and navigating relationships. What is your definition right. of the relationship we're having with each other? And sometimes you figure, most of the time you figure it out on your own. But, oh, this is a girlfriend. Oh, Heather is a person I can call. We can key key. But then we can also talk about a very serious situation, right? Mm-hmm. But I don't expect Heather to jump on a plane tonight if I'm going through it and be in Tampa. By my- no. Yeah. It's just right. like some people expect that, though, from their friends. Like, it's just right. like ridiculous. But, I mean, that you have to learn how to like, oh, okay, Heather is my friend that I do this with. And Tamika is my friend that I do. And then this group over here, oh, that's the kitchen table. We sit and talk Mm -hmm. about it all. We throw it out and we can talk, we can banter, we can talk shit and nobody gets their feelings hurt. Nobody's sensitive. Like I can't banter with everybody because I've learned that certain friends of mine are sensitive and that is okay. Mm -hmm. That is okay. Mm -hmm. I'm sensitive, right? right? So I get it. So people have to allow people to be the friends that they are and just place them where they should be. Yeah. And not take it personally. Right. Right. right, And I think she does a good job of kind of describing that when she was in the mm-hmm. White House, the crew that she had with her, mm-hmm. rocking with her while she was in the White House. I get it. It wasn't yeah. everybody. It was a few. It was a select crew. It was a select group. She was, was very selective. And, you know, that's exactly how I, I choose to move with my friendships, too. It's like not every friendship is, you know, going to 
um, be like predominant in my life. That doesn't mean that, you know, people who have grown distance to there is any um, bad blood or, you know, animosity towards either. It's just, you know, you also grow apart and that's just like, that's such as life. People have their seasons and that's okay. Some people are seasonal and that, and that's, there's purpose in friends that come in your life for a season and then they leave Mm -hmm. and you can still see them 10 years from now and be like, you know what I mean? It's fine. And without, I ain't heard from her in 10, I don't know what happened. It ain't about, everything ain't about you either. Right. And so, like no we're like this tiny speck of dust on this giant you know planet and galaxy like Mm -hmm. (laughs) we're nothing like you know what I mean like yeah I always like say like oh nothing matters nobody cares like we're you know we're just we're it's not all about you yeah my favorite thing was this idea of practice I think I did not know until I read this book that I saw practicing as a negative thing like, I always felt like if I'm still practicing it, that means I don't have it. And maybe I'll never get it. Like that was in my own head. Okay. My definition of that for me and how that I took away with that is just like the practicing is the actual discipline, continuing mm-hmm. to have the discipline to um, keep practicing. And mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, we have moments and, you know, maybe a couple weeks or a month where you're just like not disciplined and you fall out of it. And mm-hmm you know, forgiving yourself when you do and getting back up on the wheel and doing it, you know what I mean? Like we all have the, the, there's ebbs and flows to it too. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Before I read the book, I thought I really did take a negative approach to the practice of anything. Like if I'm practicing, mm -hmm. that means I, I had a negative thought of, practice of something like, ah, well, you know, surgeons practice medicine. Yeah. And, and you're right. And so when she, <laughs> and you're a hundred percent right. And when I read the book, I'm like, oh, that's literally all we do every day is we practicing everything. everything, relationships, culture. We're practicing, you know, how we do the jobs that we do. We're practicing, like in my case, being a wife, being a mom, you know, all we're practicing it. None of us, mm-hmm. it's untidy, it's unkempt. And yes. we're practicing and as we, and if you're smart, and I think that's what she's describing because she's a smart woman. If you're smart, you'll learn some things along the way and you'll put those tools in your toolkit. The folks that keep making a, like just a coup of their life are the ones who refuse to Mm -hmm. hold on to the tools that should have been learned. So I was like, essentially like, that's just, yeah. And it's so it's continuing. It's, it's so, it was just so inspiring to me too. And it was a great read at a perfect time where it's just kind of me like, having me push, like keep pushing, keep going towards. Cause then, you know, I feel like sometimes I get in these like hibernation modes and you know, this, you know, this damn cold weather doesn't help too mm-hmm. <laughs> with all, you know, I'm like, Oh, what am I doing? And you know, there's a lot of maybe questioning and fear taking over the mm-hmm. narrative in my mind and things like that. So it was just like the perfect time for me to actually read this book too. Me too. Um, because it, it, it was for me too. Yeah. Because it's so true. It's just like, yes, it's called the light we carry but overcoming in uncertain times and, mm-hmm. and it's, and they're going to be uncertain. <laughs> everything is uncertain. And everything's uncertain, right? Everything. Yeah. Like at all. It's all a thing. It's all, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> the 3D is pretty wild. It's yeah. Messy. I have to say, um, your Christmas party looked real fun. I hate that I missed I it. I know. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I would have been there. Be Baby, with bells on. With bells on and everything, you know. 
Those are always a good time. I know, because you used to come to them when I was at the townhouse. Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much for just just coming on to 30 Paws. I'm sure it won't be your last visit. Uh, So thank you so much for coming on and discussing this fantastic book that we both read at the same time. We should read another book together, Heather. We should. I have to say this, too. I was so proud of myself because I do not like I read for a living because I read a lot of agreements and legal contracts. Mm-hmm. So in my personal life, I don't read nothing like unless See. it's like a, something that I'm scrolling through online and like I love black history. So I'll sit and read stuff like that. Yeah. But to open, that's why I got the book because it made me sit and flip the pages mm-hmm. because if I'm on audio, I, I listen to a lot of audio like interviews and talks mm-hmm. and podcasts and stuff like that. But, and I, and that's, that's comfortable for me. I wanted to do something uncomfortable or seemingly uncomfortable, but I did enjoy flipping the pages old school and mm-hmm. sitting in a quiet room and like reading it in her voice in my head yes. and then chuckling at the funny stuff as if she's in the room with me, but I'm just <laughs> yes. reading it. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, when I was listening to on audible, I was just, I was talking right back to her. Like no matter yeah. where I was, I was like, snickering and and carrying along so i'm so glad we um we got to read it at the same time so yeah keep me posted on any upcoming books that you recommend we could do this again i I like personally just because i'm a slow i like books that are from people that we know Mm -hmm. and they're providing perspective on okay like okay even if i disagree with it i people that i like oh i know them via you know Mm -hmm. television or media And then they write a book to provide a perspective, whether it's their life or subject matter. Like, mm-hmm. so, and I know everybody has put out a book in the last two years because that was the only way to make money because of the yeah. <laughs> Everybody put out a book and a podcast. I know I'm yes. so original. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm sure this won't be the last, you know, like I said, feature you're going to have yeah. on the 30 pods podcast the feature Teresa Lewis <laughs> out yes Teresa Lewis out <laughs> by the way Janet pre-sale tickets went on sale today together again tour I'm actually going online right now and picking it up because I do have a city card I'm so listening. me and my girlfriend were just talking about it and I get, yeah, cause, cause you know, we're in the fan club. Right. The local, <laughs> yeah. And so we're talking about doing the Orlando one. Yes. Cause you know, that's, that'd be like, if I see her, that'd be like the fourth time I've seen me her. Me too. Cause yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> me too. Yes. We've seen her a couple times together. Yes. Um, cause we're Jan fam and that's just what it is. So I'm right. <laughs> we're just- we're just stands. Okay? We're just stands, all right? <laughs> so, yeah, we're actually going to go in the middle of the week. And so, because I think, I guess the pre-sale is all week this week. And it, okay. I guess, I didn't read it thoroughly. I didn't but. read it thoroughly. I saw it, but I was just so busy with work and stuff like that. I was like, ooh, I have to do that when I get home. Yeah, yeah. 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 So we're trying to figure out what tickets we're going to get. But yeah, I will definitely be at the Orlando one crying as I usually do. <laughs> Sobbing, <laughs> just, just sobbing. <laughs> Jenny, we love you. Yeah, literally every time, just dancing full eights, full out, yes. eights, full out, eights. like yes. just giving it as if they have paid as me. We, as if the spotlight is also on us. Like that's how we do Janet Jackson concerts. Yes. Okay. Yes, absolutely. 
<laughs> oh, I wish you lived here because we're actually Orlando, my sister-in-law, she um works at the Rosin Plaza. We're gonna do the Shingle Creek. Oh, just make like an overnight of it. Making a like, oh my God. Honey, <laughs> I was like, Heather would be <laughs> remember when we went and we walked from your house to the arena. Yes, yes. Jackie and yep. Madrima. <laughs> yes. Because that parking was so stupid. And I was like, yeah. guys, I'm just across the bridge. Let's just take it. Over. Yeah. Let's let's walk there. We did. We made it work. It yeah. wasn't that bad, actually. Yeah, it was. And then we took, somebody drove us back to your house. I don't even remember who it was. Blessings. <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes. All right. Well, All I right, will girl. talk to you soon. All right, baby. Thank you so much. Love you. Love you. Bye. 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 Bye.